Hello, I hope you're well. Today is November 19th, 2020, and I wanted to sit and chat a little bit and do something a little different today and just read you some things that I have been reading lately. My ability to write has been very low, which is totally okay as we have things that come in waves. Um, but I've been spending a lot of time reading other people's work and being immersed in their world, worlds and their feelings and their processes, and it's been really, really grounding for me um, to understand that what I'm going through and the themes in my life are universal and human. And sometimes when you're just like feeling the shit of everything, it's hard to remember that you know, it's part of life and it's normal. And also understanding how inherently difficult it is to be a person and that's okay. So yeah, I wanted to read a little bit to you today because I wanted to produce something even though I couldn't write. Um, and I just really like the action of reading to people. I used to read to Michael on FaceTime and I don't know if you would like actually listen or understood what I uh, was reading because I kind of talk really fast, but it was a nice practice nonetheless. And before I get started, um, I do want to say that I read relatively heavy content. So I read about grief and dying and loss and suicide and mental health. So if those things are particularly triggering to you right now, that is super okay, and please feel free to turn this off. Um, yeah, so I'll give you like 10 seconds to do so while I grab the books. Alrighty, so the first thing I want to read is from the book Anxious People by Frederick Backman, and it's a work of fiction, and I normally don't read fiction because it's very hard for me to just focus with fiction for some reason, but Frederick Backman does a really, really good job. And essentially this book is about a bank robbery gone wrong. And it's quite hilarious, but also heavy at the same time. So I highly recommend it if you can, you know, read it and pick it up. I also want to say that the dedication for this book just made me feel heard um, in a way, I don't know if heard is the right word, but the dedication goes, this book is dedicated to the voices in my head, the most remarkable of my friends, and to my wife, who lives with us. I think there's just something that made him more relatable. Yeah, that's what I mean, like his, his work more relatable, just coming from a place of kind of mental chaos and mental illness. I think that was super helpful for me. So yeah. The first thing I'm going to read is just the first page and a bit, which is the first chapter of Anxious People. Okay. This story is about a lot of things, but mostly about idiots. So it needs saying from the outset that it's always very easy to declare that other people are idiots, but only if you forget how idiotically difficult being human is, especially if you have other people you're trying to be a reasonably good human being for. 
because there's such an unbelievable amount that we're all supposed to be able to cope with these days. You're supposed to have a job and somewhere to live and a family, and you're supposed to pay taxes and have clean underwear and remember the password to your damn Wi-Fi. Some of us never manage to get the chaos under control, so our lives simply carry on. The world simply spinning through space at two million miles an hour while we bounce about on its surface like so many lost socks. Our hearts are like bars of soap that we keep losing hold of. The moment we relax, they drift off and fall in love and get broken, all in the wink of an eye. We're not in control. So we learn to pretend all the time about our jobs and our marriages and our children and everything else. We pretend we're normal, that we're reasonably well-educated, that we understand amortization levels and inflation rates, that we know how sex works. In truth, we know as much about sex as we do USB LEDs, and it always leads us four tries to get those little buggers in. We pretend to be good parents when all we really do for our kids is provide food and clothing and tell them off when they put chewing gum they find on the ground in their mouths. We tried keeping tropical fish once and they all died. And we really don't know more about children than tropical fish, so the, so the responsibility frightens us. We don't have a plan, we just do our best to get through the day because there will be another one coming along tomorrow. Sometimes it hurts, it really hurts, for no other reason than the fact that our skin doesn't feel like it's ours. Sometimes we panic because our bills need paying and we have to be grown up and we don't know how because it's so horribly, desperately easy to fail at being grown up. Because everyone loves someone, and anyone who loves someone has had those desperate nights where we lie awake trying to figure out how we can afford to carry on being human beings. Sometimes that makes us do things that seem ridiculous in hindsight, but which felt like the only way out at the time. Yeah, that is the first little bit of anxious people. I've been thinking a lot about how hard it is to be a functioning human being. And by functioning, I just mean like existing. Like I don't mean high functioning or anything. Um, it is really challenging to, you know, live and take care of yourself and be grounded and have healthy relationships and heal and hope with everything that happens so I think that was a really nice reminder that we are all trying our best and I have a friend who always tells me you know hey I'm just trying to exist and I'm just here and at first I was really confused as to why they would say that but the more that I understand my mental health and myself yeah, like, I totally understand what the fuck they mean. Like, sometimes I'm just trying to exist, and all the things that I thought were problems before are kind of bullshit. Like, just negotiating existence is really challenging, and then trying to function is really challenging. You know, I had a therapist once tell me, you literally don't have to do anything. Like, you have that much free will. And obviously, like, there are consequences to those things, but you literally don't have to do anything. And I think 
I'm trying to grapple with that and make peace, not make peace with that, but negotiate that. Um, because I grew up in, you know, like a Roman Catholic environment where everything was like right or wrong. It was very moral. You had to do this, you had to do that. And now to have the understanding that I literally don't have to do anything, that is mind-boggling. And also, it dawned on me how much my existence is my own responsibility. That, like, now as I'm coming into, like, 24, if I don't want to get out of bed or work or shower or eat, like, that's on me. And obviously, I can have love and support on the way, but ultimately, like, that's on me. And that's a lot. So, yeah. Another quick thing to read from Anxious People. Um, and let's flip through the page. Um, <clears throat> this is chapter five of Anxious People. Okay. A man was standing on a bridge. Think about that now. He had written a note and mailed it. He had dropped his children off at school. He had climbed up onto the railing and was standing there looking down. Ten years later, an unsuccessful bank robber took eight people hostage at a viewing of an apartment that was for sale. If you stand on that bridge, you can see all the way to the balcony of that apartment. Obviously, none of this has anything to do with you. Well, maybe just a little, because presumably you're a normal, decent person. What would you have done if you'd seen someone standing on the railing of that bridge? There are no right or wrong things to say at a time like that, are there? You'd simply have done whatever it took to stop the man from jumping. You don't even know him, but it's an innate instinct, the idea that you can't just let strangers kill themselves. So you would have tried to talk to him, gain his trust, persuade him not to do it because you've probably been depressed yourself. You've had days where you've been in terrible pain in places that don't show up in x-rays, where you can't find the words to explain it even to the people who love you. Deep down, in moments that we might prefer to suppress even from ourselves, a lot of us know that the difference between us and that man on the bridge is smaller than we might wish. Most adults have had a number of really bad moments, and of course, not even fairly happy people manage to be happy the whole darn time. So, you would have tried to save him. Because it's possible to end your life by mistake, but you have to choose to jump. You have to climb onto the you have to climb on top of somewhere high and take a step forward. You're a decent person. You wouldn't have just watched. Yeah. That's chapter five. I just really resonated with the way that the author talks about, you know, terrible pain places that don't show up in x-rays and being unable to find words to describe the pain that we're in. That shit is so hard. And, you know, we know that it is universal and human. And... At the same time, when we're going through it, it feels like the loneliest, loneliest experience that you could possibly have. And to be honest, sometimes people don't understand it because, like, they don't let themselves feel it all the way. 
and over the last little while I've been really lucky to find people and love people and have people love me who try to understand what I'm feeling, try to understand what they're feeling to the deepest core and that generates so much empathy and understanding and compassion for one another. Like the pain that I have felt over the last little while has been so great and at the same time my capacity for compassion and joy have just grown exponentially and my capacity for connection has grown exponentially and I think it's sometimes hard to explain to people who haven't really like dug into it what it means to feel that physical pain like sometimes I call one of my friends and they just tell me how painful the day is, like how physically painful it is to exist. And I'm at the point where I'm like, totally, I fucking understand you on a visceral level that this is painful and challenging and I love you. And I think sometimes, you know, while we can't take away other people's pain and they can't take away ours, just having that sense of empathy and compassion and understanding and having known that someone else has been there and vice versa really does make the experience a lot easier or at least a bit easier but yeah those are the two things from anxious people that I wanted to read and the last one um is from a year of magical thinking it is a memoir by I cannot pronounce her last name, so I'm just going to go by her first name, Jones. Um, but it is the memoir that she wrote the year after her husband died. Um, he died really randomly one day, and it's her account of grief and loss and what that means. And I just want to read a quick snippet of um, chapter 17, which talks about grief itself. <clears throat> grief turns out to be a place none of us know until we reach it we anticipate we know that someone close to us could die but we do not look beyond the few days or weeks that immediately follow such an imagined death we misconstrue the nature of even those days or weeks we might expect if the death is sudden to feel shock we do not expect this shock to be obliterative dislocating to both body and mind we might expect that we will be prostrate, inconsolable, crazy with loss. We do not expect to be literally crazy, cool customers who believe that their husband is about to return and need his shoes. In the version of grief we imagined, the model will be healing. A certain forward movement will prevail. The worst days will be the earliest days. We imagine that the moment to most severely test us will be the funeral after which this hypothetical healing will take place. When we anticipate the funeral, we wonder about failing to get through it, rise to the occasion, exhibit the strength that invariably gets mentioned as the correct response to death. We anticipate needing to steal ourselves for the moment. Will I be able to greet people? Will I be able to leave the scene? Will I be able even to get dressed that day? We have no way of knowing that this will not be the issue. We have no way of knowing that the funeral itself would be anodyne, 
a kind of narcotic regression in which we are wrapped in the care of others in the gravity and meaning of the occasion. Nor can we know ahead of the fact the unending absence that follows, the void, the very opposite of meaning, the relentless succession of moments during which we will confront the experience of meaninglessness itself. Yeah. Grief is always so interesting to me, and I think about it a lot in my life, because I think for me, and the experience of grief itself is usually more complex than what we are told. You know, we are told that people die, and then that's when you grieve. But grief in definition itself is the reaction to loss. And with every change, however good or bad, I know those are judgment words, but bear with me. Um, no matter what the circumstances of those changes are, there is a loss of something. Whether that is a loss of self, or an imagined reality, or a real reality. And that's not to say that what is happening after will be terrible and difficult. Because that's not always the case. But in gaining something, we also have to lose something and forfeit something because there's not enough room for everything. And that's okay, even though it's really fucking hard. And I'm always surprised at how much we are able to live with loss and grief and longing as humans. And the older that I get and the more I understand myself and the more I forge really meaningful and beautiful relationships, I understand that it is really possible to hold multiple realities of loss and the present at the same time, to be very grateful for everything that you have and also acknowledge the loss that has occurred and just oscillating between the two. So yeah, those are my little reflections on the readings that I've been doing. Um, I hope you are able to pick up a book and read or listen to a podcast or watch a good show today. They, these books are really helping me get through and enjoy my days. So please take care of yourselves and thank you for listening. And I will talk to you in a few. Bye.